Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Trashy Divorces. My name is Stacy. I'm Alicia. Private eyes. They're watching you. Watching you. Oh, gosh. Today. We got a banger of an episode theme titled by Hollow Notes Private Eyes. They see your every move. Yup. Who do you have this week? Holy cats. A little bit more publicity conscious than your counterpart. Oh, yeah. I'm bringing you the two divorces of Harry Hamlin. Lots and lots of spider webs. This week, Stacy, you're bringing us. I've got the. Starting in 2018, divorce of Robert De Niro, but also just like his, there's just been so much. Bobby De Niro. It was quite a, there was quite a lot to chew on in this episode. And some math problems too. We do struggle as always with numbers. Hey, before we get into the episode, <laughs> let's pull out this fancy, fancy magic mirror that I found and give some big thanks to the fine folks that have joined us over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Elizabeth, Allison B, Megan, Amy G, Megan T, Karen W, Amy B, Cassandra J, Kathy M, Kate Cook, and Kathleen. Thanks so much. We've got a new super supporter as well, Cindy M. Thanks, y'all, for joining us over there and getting extra trashy content Monday through Thursday. Other benefits too. Alicia, if you would like to avoid private eyes watching you, what should you do? We should go, go, go. Alicia, when I was a kid, I loved the movie Clash of the Titans, yeah. and you have one of its stars. I do. Today I'm bringing the, not quite an all-star with Trashy Divorces, but a Trashy Titan of a ride <laughs> today. That. Harry Hamlin, he's twice divorced. He's been married since 1997 wow. to Lisa Renna from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That must be very exciting for them both. So the third marriage going fantastic, but we're not here to talk about them. Why would we? This is a really wild ride. This has a lot of spider webs. You ready? Yeah. Let's talk about old Harry. Harry Hamlin was born October 30th, 1951. His parents are Bernice and Chauncey. Letting that one go. Well, his dad is Chauncey, Mm -hmm. is an aerospace engineer who developed the engine that will become the F-1 that will first take astronauts to the moon. Okay, that's fascinating. His mother, Bernice, Mm -hmm. is a socialite Mm -hmm. and a drinker. Well, she married someone named Chauncey, so one assumes. (laughs) And a drinker, you say? And a drinker, and a heavy drinker. Okay. Uh, He's born in Pasadena. She's a Pasadena socialite. Bernice is... Harry Hamlin will tell the Daily Beast about his mother. She drank a pitcher full of martinis and smoked a pack of Kent cigarettes every day during her pregnancy with me. Wow. I don't think about my childhood much. Everyone around me when I was a kid has died, including two brothers of alcohol-related issues. Wow. So I want to stress that Harry, although lots of money, lots of access, because this is We do a lot of stories about kids coming to Hollywood to make it big. This kid didn't have to go too far. He's got money. He's got access. But it's not exactly a happy childhood. Okay. No, that sounds tragic uh, to lose that many family members. Well, and to have a mom who's that sort of checked out. So Mm -hmm. Harry will go to a lot of prestigious private schools as a kid. At the age of 13, Harry sees Richard Burton starring in Hamlet. And Harry knows that he wants to be an actor. So he'll graduate from high school. Harry will enroll at the University of California, Berkeley, to study drama, which was a second choice because he was too late to sign up for his first choice, which was architecture. Okay. He'll end up graduating from Yale University in 1974 with a double degree in drama and psychology. 
Harry will then go on to earn his master's degree in fine arts from the American Conservatory Theater, their actor training program. Now, that's fine and good. There's Harry, sitting on the trashy divorces depot. He's 28, and along comes the 44-year-old former Bond girl, Ursula Andress. Whoa. Hamlin's first major celebrity relationship happens with Ursula Andress, who is a former Bond girl. She was in Dr. No. Okay. She's 16 years his senior. Here's the thing you're really, really going to like. Mm-hmm. Harry meets Ursula on the set of 1981's <laughs> Clash <laughs> of the Titans. Harry is immediately starstruck. He has long time been a fan. Now, Harry isn't just a fan of Ursula's work in 1981 mm-hmm. in Clash of the Titans or as a Bond girl in Dr. No. See, he's been a long time fan because when he was 12, his parents gave him a Christmas present, which was a subscription to Playboy magazine. Wow, he really did have a messed up childhood, didn't he? And Harry will talk about this mm-hmm. with Yahoo Entertainment. He will say, not only had I seen Dr. No, but for some unknown reason, my parents got me a subscription to Playboy. Give the gift of pornography. Ursula was featured in one of those Playboys, and I remember that very well. I don't think I told her that when we first met. I'm not sure I said, by the way, Ursula, yeah, I loved your no. layout in Playboy no. when I was 13. No. So, picture on the wall. <clears throat> yeah, poster on the wall. They get together. Now, it's a very exciting family holiday time for the Hamlins. When, he will continue to say, that November I gathered my family in Pasadena together at Thanksgiving and told them, I'm dating Ursula Andress and we're going to have a baby. Mm. My oldest brother, Clay, who was Ursula's age, who always had this unbelievable crush on her, his jaw dropped. He was very jealous. Harry will say he asked Ursula Andress to marry him, but she didn't want to. For tax reasons. Mm. <laughs> Despite the age difference between the two, they were together four years and they did have one son, Dimitri, in 1980. Dimitri will graduate from Princeton with a degree in philosophy. He's acted, he's modeled, he's been a contributor to Huffington Post. Wow, okay. Now, the thing I find interesting about Harry Hamlin is his current wife, Lisa Renna, who just talks all the time about... All the things. So Lisa Rinna will discuss Harry and Ursula's relationship on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That <laughs> saying that Ursula was the one who came on to Harry in a confessional in the show. Lisa Rinna says, he said she called him and said, Harry, come to my room. And so he did at 28 years old. He went in and she got pregnant that night. Mm. And that was that at 44. Wow. First time. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, Harry Hamlin, this is something I think you'll find fascinating. After Clash of the Titans, I've been a Mount Olympian god. Where do I go from here? Mm. Harry Hamlin is going to be in a film called Making Love in 1982, following year. He'll accept the role of Bart. Making Love in 1982 is Hollywood's first mainstream drama about a gay relationship. Interesting. It features a historic on-screen kiss between Harry Hamlin and his on-screen co-star, Michael Ontkeen. So the screenwriters, uh, Barry Sandler and writer Scott Berg, go to Santa Monica Boulevard and just pay a couple of guys to do the gay sex scene in the film. (laughs) Harry says, they looked like Michael and me. The crew came back and filmed these two guys fucking in bed to approximate us. Wow. The two guys making love in the film are two random dudes they picked up on the street. Okay. (laughs) I feel like laws were broken there, but okay. Okay, so Harry's asked why he and his co-star, Michael Onkeen, didn't do the sex scene. And Harry says, the kiss was enough at the time. It was a huge thing for that point in history. It was just a step too far for me and Michael to do that. Well, if it was a step too far for he and Michael, it was a step too far for the world. Hmm. Because in 1982, the professional ramifications of this role were significant and immediate for Harry Hamlin. Harry says, all my friends didn't want me to do it. I was warned against it by a lot of people. 
for better or worse, it was the last studio movie I ever made that killed my career, totally killed it. Wow. At the time, I was a young leading man. Young leading men oftentimes have young leading ladies and studios couldn't fathom having me paired up with a woman after that. It just didn't seem right to them. Wow. That's intense. Because, yeah, he was a TV actor for my childhood, right? Yeah. So so Clash of the Titans was his, that was the peak of his film career. Well, he doesn't mind. Harry tells the Daily Beast to this day. It's happened twice today. People come up to me on the street or in a store and say, thank you for making that movie. Hmm. Or, oh my God, that movie changed my life. Wow. So even though that movie did a great deal of damage to his career at the time, Hamlin says he's really proud of it. So good on you. Good Lord. Let's get to a marriage and divorce already. First marriage, Laura Johnson. He meets Laura Johnson in 1984. When Harry is starring on Broadway in Awake and Sing, Lord Johnson is starring on the drama Falcon Crest at the time. So she is a nighttime soap opera star. Laura recalls that Harry swept her off her feet for a wildly romantic beach trip to Bora Bora, and he made a little hut for us on the beach. And one day when their speedboat engine died, repaired its ailing motor with a Band-Aid. Wow. Lord Johnson says then, I thought this is the man I'm going to stay with. It's like MacGyver. I got a Band-Aid? I know. Some tequila? Didn't realize in the 80s you had to make your own huts. Couple marries in 1985. And it is in 1986 that Hamlin reaches his pinnacle of fame when he becomes the hot breakout star of NBC's new hit drama, L.A. Law. Mm Mm-hmm. In 1987, People Magazine will name Harry Hamlin the sexiest man alive. Mm -hmm. So his career is going great, but his marriage falling apart. I forgot L.A. Law. I I loved that show as a kid. This story is a wild ride. There's a lot going on in this story. Weird that I've ended up being a fake lawyer myself. (laughs) Now, things aren't going great between Laura and Harry. In addition to some, you know, problems, Harry has been romantically linked at this time with Knott's Landing star, Nicolette Sheridan. Hmm. Harry files for divorce, claiming irreconcilable differences. Both refuse to move out of their home. (laughs) So they divide up the living space. No. That's... (laughs) Run some tape down the middle. Where's that masking tape, Mm -hmm. babe? Yeah, things get ugly. The divorce proceedings were vicious and cruel, with each making serious accusations against the other. In court papers, Lord Johnson alleges that Harry Hamlin, after filing for divorce, emotionally abused and harassed her. He interfered with her acting career, as well as calling her a slut and a whore. Quote, unquote. She claimed that when she was leaving the house, quote, Harry yelled at me saying, you're a slut, a whore, and you've been fucking around for years, and I'm going to tell everyone in the industry what kind of person you really are. Yeah, Hollywood just hates that kind of thing. She also claimed that while she was on the phone with her agent, Harry, who had been hiding in my closet, this is a quote, hiding in my closet, came out, walked across my room, and called me an asshole. She will go on. Uh, Hamlin accosted a producer who was visiting her and said, quote, this is the first Christmas tree that Lori's been sober enough to decorate. Good Lord. She is 100% responsible for destroying my life. She is a monster and a shrew. It's a trashy divorce. Yeah. Laura apparently doesn't want anything left out of the divorce filings. She wants it to go on record that Harry refused to complete renovations in progress at the mansion home they lived together. He failed to maintain the yard. He kept a loaded shotgun in the house. He didn't cut the grass. Is that really one of her complaints? I'd be more concerned about the loaded shotgun. Yeah. He neglected the family pets and even removed, <laughs> this is divorce, y'all, attractive terracotta planters oh from God. the estate, although the plants have been left. Divorce turns people. Yeah, it does. It it does. It changes them. So although the couple had already filed for divorce, they still shared a home until a settlement could be reached. Laura Johnson says the last straw for her was when she came home to discover Nicolette Sheridan Mm. 
had been in her bedroom, used her bathroom, and went into her closet when she was out of town. Yeah, well. Okay, so still married, Laura Johnson, in the process of divorce, goes to still married to husband Harry. And he says, quote, I have no control over Nicolette when she's in this house. If she wants to go into your bedroom, I can't stop her. Instead of attempting to put a lock on that door. Yeah. Calm me down. Harry even took out a tape recorder to try and record my emotional breakdown. Oh, that's pretty terrible. Harry Hamlin categorically denies these charges and responds by saying, I have made every effort to conduct myself honorably throughout these proceedings. Okay. I'll let you decide. Yeah. The first marriage of Harry Hamlin to Laura Johnson was finalized in 1989. <laughs> Done. <laughs> okay. Big surprise. We got marriage number two coming up to guess who? Closet roamer Nicolette Sheridan. Now, Nicolette Sheridan will start her career as a model before she becomes an actress. But even before that, Nicolette kind of has an interesting story. Nicolette's mother was a Bond girl. And after divorcing Nicolette's father, mom moves to California and ends up being the partner of Telly Savalas, who will be Nicolette's de facto stepfather all the way growing up. Nicolette also goes to the Buckley School with a lot of Hollywood famous people, Melissa Gilbert, Mm -hmm. Michael Landon Jr., Brett Easton Ellis. So, Harry, as sad as his childhood may have been, access privilege. I want you to think the same thing about Nicolette Sheridan. This is not a, oh, I'm so pretty. I walked into Hollywood and became a star. No, you've got deeply embedded connections and access. But it is not until her role as Paige Matheson on Knott's Landing that she becomes widely known. So she's dating around. She doesn't date ordinary boys. She dates teen idols like <laughs> Leif Garrett. Oh, God. And Scott Bayo. Sure. In the 80s. Eek. It is 1990. When Nicolette meets Harry, when they co-star on the TV movie Deceptions. The couple marry September 7th, 1991. They split a scant 11 months later Yikes. in August of 1992. Oh, God. Hamlin files when he files for divorce in 92. He'll list the date of separation as July 13th. Wow. So 10 months in and out. Now, nobody would remember any of this Nicolette Sheridan nonsense. It was a quick marriage. It happens all the time. People are like, oh, yeah, they were married. Nobody would remember this if it were not for Lisa Renna. Uh, She stirred up quite a bit of a Twitter war, digging out all of this ancient history. So in February 2019, Lisa Renna says on the show that Harry divorced Nicolette Sheridan because Nicolette Sheridan was cheating on Harry with Michael Bolton. Wow. (laughs) The story is she went to a Michael Bolton concert at the Hollywood Bowl and left with Michael Bolton. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. Now, Lisa Renna will often thank Michael Bolton on her social media posts. Thank you for that, because that's how I got my husband. She seems to be quite jovial about it. I don't suppose we have any uh, comment from Michael Bolton. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's an undisputed fact that Sheridan and Bolton began publicly dating the same year as her divorce and were together for five years before breaking up. Wow. Okay. They, so, so they worked out longer than... <laughs> correct. Now, they do break up five years later, but then they'll get back together in 2005 hmm. and become engaged, Nicolette and Michael Bolton do, before calling it quits again in 2008. Like, they definitely have a trashy breakup romantic history. But wait, this is just... Sit on my back porch for your grandma's trash candy. Okay, so when she was broken up during that time that she's broken up, Nicolette is with Michael Bolton... Nicolette Sheridan gets engaged to an Australian guy. His name is Simon Maine. But that relationship ends in 2000 when Simon Maine is sentenced to four years in prison for trafficking ecstasy. Yikes. Regardless, Sheridan will deny Lisa Renna's cheating allegations. Nicolette posts on Twitter that she and Hamlin ended their marriage 
nose to nose in Canada. Quote, unquote. Harry Hamlin chimes in on the twit. Oh, no. (laughs) He gets in on this war and defends his wife's version of the story. Nicolette Sheridan rebuts with, The end of our marriage had nothing to do with anyone other than us and we'll call the story fake news. Harry, instead of just going and swimming in the pool or picking out Hamlet and like reading his favorite soliloquy, he goes back on Twitter. Ari fake news exclamation point. Oh my God. What's it called when your wife of one year suddenly goes to bed with a pop singer two weeks after your mother dies? What? I did a lot of stuff with my wife nose to nose, but ending our marriage was not one of them. So this is like 2019 and they're rehashing a like m- mid 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yep, yep. I mean, look, I, I get it. This can be a very scarring process, but come on. Okay, uh, I got one more fun Nicolette Sheridan tie-in. Okay. <laughs> In the trashy divorces spiderweb universe, Nicolette Sheridan will get married one more time in 2015. It lasts for three years. She'll divorce in 2018 to Aaron Pfeiffer's, who is currently married to Denise Richards. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is she currently a real housewife? I can't even keep up with. I don't think Denise is anymore. Okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Who can say really? It is a trashy spider web world. It is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Harry, blessedly. Two up, two down. <laughs> will meet his third and current wife, mm-hmm. Lisa Renna, in 1993 at a restaurant. She is actually working at an eyeglass store. She just got a just regular job as she's auditioning for roles. This is right before Lisa Renna gets her big acting break as Billy Reed on Days of Our Lives. In 1996, she's really going to hit it big with Taylor McBride, that role on Melrose Place. But uh, Harry says, we met in a restaurant. She was working at an eyeglass store doing the night shift selling sunglasses. And I happened to know the owner of the store and I was having dinner with him. I feel like the night shift selling sunglasses is not the most productive time. And she came in to deliver the keys when she closed the store at 10. And that's how I met her. Kind of a sweet story. Mm-hmm. I mean, no repairing the engine with a Band-Aid. Well, the couple will marry March 29th, 1997, and are still together despite being dogged with rumors of adultery mm-hmm. and other marital problems. The two of them shut those rumors down and maintain that their marriage is going strong. Do they say this on Twitter? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> Harry and Lisa do have two daughters, Delilah, born in 1998, and Amelia, born in 2001. Both daughters are now successful models. Harry Hamlin has been asked about the secret to the success of this marriage. He says, we listen to each other, really listen to each other. The thing about listening is... It's not something that comes innately to human beings. Normally, we have a tape playing in our heads all the time. It can be hard to allow what other people are actually saying in. That's what Lisa and I do. We listen. And she's smart. She's the smartest person I've ever met. She's smart as a whip. Our favorite thing is to hang out. I don't even know how many trash cans the first two get. I feel like they'd all be divided up with masking tape lines. Potentially filled with broken ticket stubs of Michael Bolton concerts. Sure. It's That's all good. tough, really. That's it's good. all tough. I don't know. That's a good trash can rating. Maybe all filled with the lawn debris after the show. Sure, sure. Like random plants with no pots. I, I don't, I don't understand. Attractive terracotta pots. But Attractive left. terracotta pots has not ever come up in a trashy divorces so far. That may so. be... A unique phrase. There's a first. We saw a lot in that one. Poster on the wall. Privilege and access. But those are your trashy divorces of Harry Hamlin. Big thanks to Melissa O. When we come back, you're still going to be looking at me because we're sitting across from each other. But we're going to be talking about Bobby D. You talking to me? Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. See you on the flip, y'all. 
Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Trash Panda Nation, let's everyone just take a minute, give yourselves credit for getting to today, and now we cue Sir Elton John. I'm still standing. Would you like to say that you are standing better than I ever did about your personal finances? Our friends at the Oak Tree Group are ready and willing to help you. The mission of this all-female firm is to guide you through all phases of your financial journey using an intuitive and holistic approach. Best of all, Oak Tree Group is offering our Trashy Divorces listeners a free one-hour consultation with no obligation to talk about your financial concerns. Give the Oak Tree Group a call today at 770-319-1700 to set up your appointment. Again, that number is 770-319-1700. And you can always visit www.theoaktreegroup.net for more information. So you're bringing us someone today, Stacey, who is notoriously more private than let me and my wife get into a Twitter war about 20-year-old ancient history. Yeah, there are no real housewives in this story. <laughs> Friends, today we're going to dive into the the recent legal travails of a certain Robert De Niro, who in the waning weeks of 2018, in the before, filed for divorce from his wife of 20 years, Grace Hightower. I think from his perspective, it was sort of a hope for the best situation that definitely ended up putting the super private actor uncomfortably in the spotlight, leading to some memorable clashes with tabloid reporters, photographers, and his own driver, which is not to mention the legal skirmishes with Grace herself, who certainly seems to have opted for a fairly confrontational approach to the split in spite of a prenuptial agreement that they had signed when they first married back in 1997, or... Maybe they signed it in 04 when they remarried Oh, after nearly divorcing. There was a lot of signing. There were, there were, there were versions. There were significant moments (laughs) (laughs) and documents signed. Let's talk about how these two ended up together and how they've ended up apart. 
First up, Bobby De Niro. Honestly, I feel a little, it's almost pointless to try to even introduce someone who has been as famous as he is for as long as he has. Robert De Niro is 78 years old and was a bona fide movie star before I was born. Yeah. But obviously some things happened before he was young, Vito Corleone in The Godfather Part Two. Bobby was born August 17th, 1943 in Manhattan. Oh, yeah, man. To painters Virginia Admiral and Robert De Niro Sr. Interesting. Mm -hmm. His parents had met while studying their craft under Hans Hoffmann, German painter, but he was living and working in Massachusetts. Then they moved to Greenwich Village together and they married in 1942. That just is where you need to be if you're an artist is Greenwich Village. So their circle intersects with people we have talked about. Uh, Caress Crosby was in this milieu. They were friends, the, the, the De Niro's were friends with Anais Neen. Really? And Henry Miller. Holy cats. And Tennessee Williams, the playwright. Wow. At one point, his mother was a typist for Anais Neen. And both of Bobby De Niro's parents apparently wrote erotica for her during the period when she was being paid by a collector in um, Oklahoma, like an oil baron in Oklahoma, a dollar a page for erotic stories. So like Henry Miller and uh, Anais Neen, they were all- Crosby wrote too. Maybe so. Yeah, they were all- She wrote pornography for the Oklahoma oil baron. Mm -hmm. We talked about it on Love Letters 2 last week. Oh, there you go. And then, uh, when Bobby was just two years old in 1945, his father came out as gay. Oh. Which obviously ended his parents' marriage. Everyone did stay both physically and emotionally close. But yeah, like, how bold is that? 1945. Interesting. Really incredible. So dad lived nearby while Bobby Milk, as he was known Aww. <laughs> among his true. Why, why did he get called Bobby he Milk? He was like a pale little dude. He was just scrawny and pale. Anyway. Bobby Milk. That's sad. I mean. Kid nicknames are turned out Turned out fine. Yeah. Yeah, I guess guess he's got the last laugh. In the 50s in New York. Yeah. Bobby Milk. Kid nicknames. Anyway, Bobby Milk grew up in Greenwich Village and in Little Italy. Neither of his parents were religionists of any particular stripe. Uh, I think his mother was an atheist. His dad elapsed Catholic. So his grandparents snuck him off to be baptized into the Catholic Church. Ah, <laughs> great. While he was staying with them during the divorce, the parents were not pleased, but hey, you know, what can you do? He was shy, and like a lot of shy kids, he found that acting in school productions gave him a safe way to be in the spotlight. At 16, he dropped out of high school to study and pursue acting full-time. The 1960s were his cutting his teeth period, and the 1970s were his explode into greatness decade, including winning his first Oscar for Godfather II and his second Oscar nomination in 76 for portraying Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver, which is where the famous you talking to me line comes from. I think that was an uh, improvisation from him, too. Anyway. He also married for the first time in 1976 to actress and singer Diane Abbott. They had a son together, and Bobby adopted Diane's daughter from a previous relationship. So that marriage lasted 12 years, during which time Diane made some appearances in some of his films. And in the years since, their daughter has appeared in a handful of his movies as well. Oh, that's nice. I think most recently in 2015. So he's a pretty engaged dad, say what you will. I think that this marriage, though it technically spanned 12 years, I think it had been over for quite a long time before they divorced. Anyway, 1980, Raging Bull, De Niro discovered New York's Tribeca neighborhood, which at the time was kind of, I think, an industrial wasteland. I've sort of seen it described. This would become a home base and a business and creative center for him for the next several decades. Like he, He has invested heavily in revitalizing Tribeca. I mean, it's nice to have enough money to buy, like, a neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, when you're the sole gentrifier and you turn <laughs> you turn into one of the most expensive enclaves in the world, yeah, good job. By the time of his first divorce uh, in 1988, he was an almost universally respected dramatic actor who had also branched out into more comedic roles but could still believably play Al Capone in The Untouchables. He would go on to make films, not just star in them, And of course, launched the Tribeca Film Festival and is the owner or co-owner of various businesses in Tribeca, 
including the Greenwich Hotel, Nobu restaurants and hotels, and the Tribeca Grill. He also had maybe an eight-year-long relationship with model Tukey Smith from like 88 to 96-ish, with whom he has twin sons who were born in 1995, I think through a surrogate. But this takes us to a pretty significant wrinkle in things, because now it's time to meet Grace Hightower, who married Bobby in what the New York Daily News described as a stealth wedding in 1997 after, the story goes, dating for a decade. Hmm. Okay, Uh, I'm pretty clever at math. It's funny. Math is funny, right? There's a lot of calendars. Conflicting. There's a conflicting decade in all three of those plot lines. Interesting. On the stealth wedding thing, a reporter visited one of his business partners a a few days after the wedding to get a comment on his take. And the guy had not heard a word and quipped, you know, Bobby... He's great at keeping details from his best friends. <laughs> so. Stealth wedding. Stealth wedding. I'm going to borrow from a 2013 New York Times profile of Grace Hightower De Niro, written by Joshua David Stein here, because I have honestly been more than a little fascinated by her since I learned about her. Grace told Stein, I grew up in Kilmichael, Mississippi. It's a dot on the map 100 miles north of Jackson. Her heritage is African-American and Blackfoot Indian, She was born April 7th, 1955, into an impoverished farming family with seven brothers and two sisters, 10 kids. Wow. Yeah. So she says, quote, black, female, part Indian in the Deep South. I had it all coming at me. In Sean Levy's 2015 biography, De Niro, A Life, he quotes Grace saying, quote, we lived on a farm of modest means, producing and eating nearly all we ate. In fact, the only time we visited the supermarket was when we bought sugar. We worked the land, ate from the land, and became connected to the land. Her dad, she recalled, taught her a singularly important lesson. Never go to bed without paying your debts. Ah. As a kid, she and her siblings studied the family's encyclopedia to imagine what the wider world was like. And she helped out at the local five and dime for extra money. As she got older, she began wandering. Not like sleepwalking, but she expanding getting out she escaped she found employment in <laughs> that sweet grace kid she just walks up and down the crossroads all day very, long very wrong okay she found employment in a mailroom and then got a job processing insurance claims in her 20s finally she went to work as a flight attendant for twa interesting mm-hmm. this is a fascinating story where she was discovered by some Saks fifth avenue executives who hired her as a model though she kept her twa job so that she could travel initially she was based in new york city but then decided i like paris so she shifted her twa base to paris moved into the hotel de suez on the left bank learned french and took a job as a mutual funds trader holy cat This sounds like when you imagine your wildest dreams as a kid. When I grow up, I'm going to be a flight attendant and a model and a mutual trades fund person. And I'm going to live in Paris on the left bank. And she did it. That's fantastic. I can't. That's the most amazing story I've ever heard. I I don't, I can't vouch for it. Like, I don't know if this is a mixture of fact and fiction or not, because obviously this is great. That's what I'm saying. I've been fascinated (laughs) by her since I first learned about her. Mutual funds trading was not the right profession for her. So back to that New York times piece, she said, I'm not the type of person that could take someone else's funds and take a chance with them. It's like her dad said, never go to bed without paying your debts. Right. Right. Like not for her, but She was a young American in one of Europe's great cities, so she shifted to restaurant work and eventually was living in London working at a place called Mr. Chow, which is a Chinese restaurant and celebrity hangout. 1987, Bobby De Niro walks in one night while she was hostessing. Tragically, the restaurant had lost his reservation and she had to break the news to him. This perhaps slowed their momentum, although within the year the two were dating. It was an ease-in, she told the New York Times. It was not a whirlwind. I mean, it would kind of have to be an ease-in, because after all... <laughs> I don't want to fit another girlfriend, dude. He's back in a serious relationship in New York. Right. 
And Tukey Smith's career was hitting a high point during this era. She was cast as Eva Raleigh for the final season of the TV show 227. And I'm reasonably certain there was a court fight about custody of the kids when they did split up in 1996. This was likely not helped at all by the fact that Grace, having spent several years easing into a relationship with Bobby, had finally agreed to move to New York City to be with him on a more full-time basis in 1995. Oh, no. Nope, nope. Oh. Nope. Oh, get nope. ready. I mean, he's got an international girlfriend and a domestic girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happens? Shit. Oh, no. The stuff you find when you start. Anyway, 1990. Whitney Houston had a TV interview where she totally spilled that Bobby De Niro, who already had two girlfriends at least, tried to make something happen with her when she was in London a few months before. Oh, God. Make of that what you will. She even calls out that he's with Tukey Smith and says he's trying to get a movie project together so he can spend more time with Whitney Houston. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, she was like, he's been sweating me for like the last three months. I had no idea. So, hey, it's messy as hell, but there it is. Bobby De Niro, Tribeca Gentrifier, finally walks down the aisle with Grace Hightower in 1997, stealth wedding. And in 1998, the couple had their first child. A year later, Bobby filed for divorce. (laughs) And there were various recriminations involved. Pretty sure Grace asked the court to make him take drug tests at some point. it was it was heated and it was unpleasant. The matter was still pending when in 2001, Bobby sued for custody of their son. But in point of fact, something significant was happening with the boy as all of this drama unfolded. He would address this in public in 2016 when he faced serious blowback for skirting his own rules for the Tribeca Film Festival and allowing a documentary called Vaxxed from Cover Up to Catastrophe to be screened. The film posits a link between autism and childhood vaccinations, as described by discredited British physician Andrew Wakefield. Wakefield gained notoriety as the lead author of a 1998 paper tying the the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine to autism. Anyway, it was fraudulent. He is no longer allowed to practice medicine. It's been a whole mess. De Niro was slammed mercilessly in the media for his decision to include the film and ultimately had to backtrack when other participants threatened to pull their films. In an effort to mitigate the damage from the controversy, De Niro made a rare appearance on the Today Show to explain himself. He told hosts Willie Geist and Savannah Guthrie, there's a lot of things that are not said. Nobody seems to want to address that. Or they say they've addressed it and it's a closed issue, but it doesn't seem to be because... There are many people who say they saw their kid change overnight. My wife says that. I don't remember, but my child is autistic. So imagine being in a divorce and custody fight with your spouse while your very young child is suddenly showing signs of a serious medical condition. I feel like there's a big chance that's just going to blow the marriage up even further. But for Bobby and Grace, it had the opposite effect. Interesting. In 2004, no stealth wedding. In front of a big crowd at Bobby's Ulster County Farm in upstate New York, the pair exchanged vows again in front of two judges. (laughs) Bobby said, so they can make sure this one sticks. Right. Okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of the story, right? (laughs) They lit candles and exchanged wedding bands around an indoor pool. And then the crowd, which included Martin Scorsese and Meryl Streep and Ben Stiller and Tom Brokaw and presumably that business partner who didn't know about the first one, moved into a tent to drink champagne and eat Nobu food. So That's very fancy. Then they settled into a kind of domesticity, splitting their time between the city, the upstate compound, and De Niro's various acting and directing projects. It was not a particularly good era for him career-wise with a long string of forgettable movies that received mixed reviews. Some of them did well at the box office, mostly. It was it was just mediocre. Grace launched a philanthropic business importing fair trade coffees from growers in Rwanda and investing in sustainable agriculture in the country. Oh, good mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. They had a second child, a daughter, through surrogacy in 2011. And we mentioned her in the Uma Thurman story a few weeks ago. There were signs that maybe everything was not all roses in the De Niro marriage, however. 
In 2017, Page Six ran an item claiming that Bobby lost his cool during a meal at a Manhattan restaurant yelling at Grace, I wouldn't have to keep making shitty movies if you didn't spend all my money. Oh. Yeah, he had co-starred in Dirty Grandpa the year before. And while it had done all right at the box office, it was roundly derided by critics, some of whom declared it the worst movie they had ever seen. This is a two-time Oscar winner. Whatever the underlying issues, the divorce announcement took many by surprise, including, it seems, Grace herself. (gasps) As noted in the beginning, it seemed like Bobby had a hope-for-the-best attitude about the case, and that is not how Grace seems to have engaged the process. Understandably enough, right? So there was a prenup. Well, you know, Bobby's lawyers say it gives Grace six and a half million in cash and property, a million in annual alimony, and half the value of a second apartment. But according to Grace's lawyers, the prenup gives Grace half of his earnings from that 04 to 2018 period, which is not just movie stuff, but also all that business income. Oh. That income totaled out to about $500 million. Wow. Which would have left Grace a cool quarter billion dollars richer. I mean, I'm not going to argue that six and a half mil with a million dollars a year in property, that's a perfectly fair and Perfectly reasonable. That is a hello. Wow. Those two are very different numbers. Very different numbers. I didn't know you were going to make me do math this episode. Yeah. Well, and when you're talking numbers that big, it's not hard to find very good lawyers who will see what they can come up with. Yeah, so, 250 million? Yeah. In the end, the appeals courts agreed that Bobby's team had the correct reading of the plain English words of the prenup. Anyway, page six quoted one of his lawyers at a hearing during this whole like financial settlement argument, complaining bitterly, quote, she's seeking essentially every piece of paper of De Niro's receipts for meals on movie sets, wardrobe, payroll records of every employee at Nobu, credit card charges. This all goes back 15 years. I mean, it was like a flurry of subpoenas flew at him for all these documents. Yikes. Mm -hmm. Bobby definitely did not enjoy being dragged into court on the regular and took it out on the tabloid reporters and paparazzi who swirled around the courthouse waiting for a glimpse. And look, I have real sympathy. Most of us are just never going to be hounded by photographers who are trying to support themselves by selling pictures of us to tabloids. And there's something really gross about that. So it makes some sense that Bobby De Niro might yell at one, you're an old man, you should know better. You're not smart doing your job like this. I don't know, dirty grandpa, man. (laughs) Uh, At another hearing, his driver failed to show up on the correct side of the courthouse after the hearing. There is a long video, like five, six minute long video, which of course was sold to tabloids showing him hiding his face behind newspapers. His lawyers are swirling around trying to, like, interrupt camera angles, hold the newspapers for him. He's pulling out his cell phone, berating his driver. You're not in front! You're not where you dropped us off! The driver presumably responded somehow, and De Niro just is, On Worth Street! Then you'd see all the photographers here! You're not where you dropped us off! (laughs) Eventually, his lawyers led him back into the building where there was slightly more privacy to wait for the driver. You know, this this is all done now. Bobby is still working at the age of 78. There's several projects in development, and when he's not working on a project, he seems lately to be staying pretty much at the Ulster County upstate place, trying to avoid a certain virus that we're apparently stuck with forever now. I think I'm going to close this with some words of wisdom from the judge in that case, Justice Matthew Cooper, who is no stranger to celebrity divorces. He attempted to calm both parties during those heated financial settlement talks, reminding them that however it may go, quote, they will still come out of this richer than almost any human being who walks this earth. And that is indeed what happened. Six and a half mil versus a quarter bill. I mean, I mean with you know. a mil a year? Dude, yeah, it's I, quite comfortable. I'm fine. <laughs> Bobby De Niro, I'm awarding you half a billion trash cans based wow. on your accumulated filthy lucre in this century. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much what I've got for you today. Bobby D. Bobby D. Wow. Bobby Milk. 
Well done. So that's my story for the week. That was a hell of a trashy divorces ride. Yeah. Unexpected I, angles all over that. I do not know if the origin stories were crafted by publicists or not. I just... I don't care. That's like every seven-year-old's dream. Yeah, I'm going to live in Paris. I'm going to mm-hmm. be a flight attendant and a model and uh-huh. a this and live on the left bank. Date an actor. I, that's fantastic. Yeah. Holy cats. Thanks, everybody. For tuning in to this week's Trashy Divorces. We're going to be back with you on Wednesday for a whole new Trashy Breakups. I got this week handled. It's going to be pretty exciting. Cool, cool. We got all new stuff on Patreon this week coming in addition to 868 pieces of Patreon content. Where do we find the time? (laughs) We don't do anything else. (laughs) But we do. We do two other things. Our two Mrs. Grenville's arc on Done and Done is wrapping up this week. As well as y'all, if you haven't checked it out yet, Love Letters 2, the delightful and unexpected 10-minute daily podcast. This week we talked about Moses Fleetwood Walker, the first black baseball player to play Major League Baseball. We talked about the first Academy Awards ceremony in Mm -hmm. 1929. We talked about the first wonder of the ancient world, the Pyramid of Giza, as well as the six other ones. Uh, We talked about Madeline Carroll, Alfred Hitchcock's first blonde, and the first antibiotic, just for you, Stacey. Penicillin! You got it! So if y'all need more to listen to, you can find us on our Hemlock Creative platform. Otherwise, we'll catch you back on Wednesday. Again, big thanks for tuning in. Panda, panda, panda. (laughs) Oi, oi, oi. Have a tremendous week. Clean hands. Trashy heart. Not just one heart, all the hearts. Trashy hearts. Yes. Clears and mine and all of them. Clear eyes, trashy hearts can't lose. (laughs) I can do this all day. (laughs) Bye, friends. See you back on Wednesday. Have a great week. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear want to advertise with us reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information and last but not least come play with us on social media i keep most of our trashy divorces instagram hopping stacy and i share it up over on facebook including our trashy divorces podcast discussion group come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening keep it trashy y'all